Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're back with another special edition of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. If storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now, it's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This, this pay-per-view, it feels big, it feels important, but... Ultimately, it's exciting. The biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it, I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Big Go Belt Wrestling Podcast. Um, this is Two Chames here, along with um, the Giant Crab Jamal. Hey. Hello, sir. Yeah, what's going on? And, um, uh-oh, I got some duplicate. <laughs> I got oh, some see. duplicate feed here. Tech savvy. Okay. We have technical difficulties already. We or he? I forget. Don't, don't put me in there. Ah, uh, he might. <laughs> yeah. You're just eating rabbits, fine. <laughs> but... Yeah, so um, yeah, so Caitlin's here. Um, Chris from the Three uh, Black Geeks podcast. So I gotta say, first off, uh, Chris, um, I know you're a big, you know, uh, Three Black Geeks. Obviously, um, mm-hmm. you're a big movie guy. I, I got you. <laughs> uh, I want to know. All right, uh, I got that you, taken care of. I apologize. You said, how do I feel about what? Black Panther coming out next year. Like, are, is the hype, we're maintaining like maximum hypeness or are we like cautiously optimistic? Um, I know me, I, um, I'm hype. I'm not gonna sit there and deny that. Um, I know D, my boy, he is the type of person that he likes to keep, keep my hype levels from not going through the roof, which I appreciate because, you know, it keeps me Kind of kill and even for but you yeah you know rounded you know you don't want to be like oh my god this is the greatest thing ever and start spewing out hot takes so he keeps me grounded but he's you know he's in a camp with me where he's like yeah the movie's gonna do good you know you know he's just not the type of person that gets overly hype he's like oh it's gonna be pretty good me I hype it because hey I'm a fan of Black Panther been a fan for the longest time and I like what I see um, I saw the new trailer at San Diego Comic Con it's awesome um, so yeah I'm definitely digging digging where they're going with that. So sky's the limit. So if you want to hear more about that and, and all things that are uh, of the nerd culture, uh, check them out on the Twitter at three, the number three, Black Geeks. But um, <coughs> this week in wrestling has been an interesting no. one. Two chains. You were out there in, in uh, Vegas, right? That's right. This is, was, let's uh, get, we're going to get to the hottest topic right now. And no matter if none of you guys <laughs> like it, this is what it's going to be. And if Floyd Mayweather and the Conor McGregor fight happen, and Chris is here because me and him have totally different opinions about this. That was and the hottest topic. Are you serious? Yes, it was. Yes, yes, enough, it, it was. Yes, it is. I want to hear some stories. Wait, so- I want to hear some Vegas stories. Vegas stories. All right, because obviously was there hookers involved? I didn't know. Did, 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 you see, did you see Enzo Amore in Vegas? Did you party with Enzo? Amore? Enzo Amore was at Club Rehab, and yes, my I, God, yes, 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 he was there. <laughs> um, also. Also, a very hot Noli Foley was spotted as well, too. Jesus is, I had or no Noel, idea. if you want to call it Noel, Noel. I'm sorry, whatever. Um, but it, but yeah, oh, Jesus, like, no clue. I don't think that show deserved to be canceled based on uh, my observations. 
But um, what show? No, Noli Foley is the name of that show. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, so that's that. That's how I got that. Um, but anyway, yes. This weekend, the mega fight that happened between arguably one of the best MMA fighters in Conor McGregor versus the best boxer of this time, Floyd Mayweather, live in Las Vegas, and I was out there. Very, very fun of excitement. The Irish came very, very heavy. And um, I've never heard the word um, fuck pronounced so many times diff- wrong this weekend. Well, it's not wrong if you have an accent. So, fuck the Mayweathers. Well, yeah, that's exactly what it was. And, um, yeah, and then a lot of those shirts were, were made as well, too. So, apparently, that word is spelled F-O-O-K. But um, mm-hmm. more importantly, though. We're gonna. We're, I'm just. We're gonna go over this topic because there's a lot of wrestling to talk about this week too. But we are gonna cover this real quick. And it's. Do we agree with the outcome of this match? And not sort of sense that we can change it or anything, but a sense of like, a lot of people, such as Chris, feel like Connor never had a chance. And I don't know if he only watched the last round or not, but out of the first, uh, out of the ten rounds, arguably about five or six of them could have went either way. Definitely. At least four went McGregor's way, but I'm done talking, CJ. Let let me let me hear it, man. What's your stance on this? You know what? Here's the thing. If if my thing is this, if people felt it was a fine match, cool. My issue is how people are really like lowering the bar and praising McGregor. Like, oh man, he is so brave for jumping in the ring and blah blah blah. It's like, come on, man. Like, at the bare minimum. You know, it's like, come on, like he jumped in the ring. He had no business being in the ring in the first place. And I, I say this because Floyd, at least to me, was toying with him. I knew he was going to toy with them because one, oh, this is how Floyd operates. The first handful of rounds, he's sitting up there kind of seeing what you're about. Then after that, then it's like, okay, I know what I gotta do. Let me hang back or he'll he'll adjust. As much as we people can sit there and give those first two rounds to McGregor, we all knew that that was basically Floyd testing and see where McGregor is at. At some point in time, between three, four, and maybe five, Mayweather could have fucking knocked, could have just took took him out and been done with it already. But again, you have a match that's highly touted. You don't want to end it quick, so you carry him. If we're gonna go in wrestling terms, he carried McGregor basically all the way up to the tenth round. <laughs> Ooh, very good. Real. So I'm just saying you got to make it entertaining because you don't want to knock them out in the fourth round and people be like, man, I, I flew all the way to Vegas to see this, you know. So you got to see what it is and stuff. Could you say you give McGregor props for being in the ring? I, I guess, but at no point in time did I feel that Mayweather was scared that McGregor was going to beat him. That's just the way it is, regardless of what the judges scored it, which I still think is bullshit. But at no point in time did I ever fear that McGregor was a threat. If anything, I had running best that McGregor was gonna get frustrated and kick Mayweather in the face. That's why I was only fearing. That's about it. So, yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair. Fair enough. First of all, the the to to fear an outcome of a match obviously means that you have to have enough confidence in the judges. Judges have thrown fights, and in the sense of we nobody pretty much agreeing who won. I mean, the biggest example was in Vegas was Timothy Bradley versus Manny Pacquiao, which the Vegas and Westgate casinos felt because it was such a tragedy on the outcome and nobody believed it, that they paid the outcome both ways. Absolutely has never happened considered the night that Vegas went broke. So refs have played a huge factor in 
um, in decisions. Secondly, Manny Pacquiao just lost to um, um, this Australian guy, which I thought that he might have won as well too, but ended mm-hmm. up losing um, out of two of the three refs. One of the refs had it uh, scored so wide it was ridiculous, but whatever. So my whole thing is Floyd's not a knockout artist. He knocked out the one guy who, who headbutted him as he should have. And absolutely thought that this fight could go 12 rounds. Not because I don't, not because I absolutely believe that Connor could go 12 rounds, but because I did not think that Floyd was going to come out with the killer instinct to try to knock him out. He Nonetheless, could've. you know, he could have. I don't, I just don't see him as that because I don't see Floyd as a, as a knockout artist or a brawler, but absolutely just a boxer, which does allude to the points that you've made that he comes out, he feels for, he adjusts, he changes his game plans. Which makes this, which in this case makes him the best of this time because he doesn't have one game plan. He comes out and he feels the whole scene and he adjusts. And just as Connor said at the end of the fight, he said he he felt he adjusted three separate times that match in a way that kind of got him a little bit confused. But yet Floyd was able to keep his composure upon what strategies may not have worked against McGregor. So I give McGregor his props because uh, one, he lost no points from anything illegal, which and the ref scored that pretty uh, safe. He was definitely involved in there, um, even to those punches to the back of the head that people were yelling about. Um, you know, he didn't lose any points, thus making it legal. Um, he went 10 rounds. The 10th round where he did get kind of wobbly led, he didn't get knocked out. And I feel like the judges calling it prematurely is completely BS. And now the more I think about it, I'm like, it doesn't even have anything to do with the ref because I'm sure Dana White said protect my guy and the mayweather promotion said protect my guy so i felt like when he felt at his very most threatened that he maybe knocked out that he stepped in but as mcgregor said he said i'm a man put me down and i think for his very 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 first fight for what he did to go against the best person in the world he absolutely scored the a plus all day he killed it i mean he killed it in promotions he killed it in uh making weight um, and he had good ring presence. He got the crowd high. He brought his fans out. He did everything. I don't think he did anything wrong. Wait. I mean, that was WWE brawl for all levels if we're going to go on that level. I mean, I mean making make I mean, weight is a huge thing. Huge thing. No, no, no. That's, that's not a huge thing. That's the thing that you have to do. Yeah. It's not called 206.5 live. <laughs> no, no. no, it's it's a big I mean, problem like, because this is true. This is true. It, no, it's a big no. thing because he fought Nate Diaz at a bigger weight at 170, and then he's he fights naturally at 150. 158, I, don't, I think. I don't care. If he fights he fought 151, I believe, for this fight. That's nobody's switching weight like that healthily. Without you know, one of one of the prerequisites is to fight at the weight class. However, he has to do it. He, I, I don't, I don't care if he if he's on a water dive, actions or whatever. I don't care if he fights three hundred pound grizzly bears in the street. But we can't give this guy extra points because he did the bare minimum of what you're supposed to do. So the hype was right. The, the promo was right. The you no, know, he made weight. He can read. Like he passed his driver's test. I mean, let's not give this guy extra credit just because he did his job. Oh, so I have and to say that. the fact of the matter is, he lost. No matter what no matter what he did, he did all of that stuff. And good for him. Fine, he did it. Boop the Mayweathers. But he still lost. So no matter what, at the end of the day, when it all is said and done, he tried to fight the best person in the world, according to boxing fans, because I can give a shit about boxing. And he still lost. 
And and people want to give him, throw him a ticker tape parade down the streets of Boston or Ireland or where or Dublin or wherever, and give this guy a participation trophy. That's BS. And then and like, I don't understand how anybody can look at him and say like, yeah, that was a valiant effort, but he still lost. And it wasn't even close that he lost because everybody that Stevie Wonder saw that Floyd Mayweather was was toying with him. Oh, he was playing. <laughs> I mean, look. Mayweather fights. No, let me just get the point. Before I go back yeah, to sleep, uh, yeah, Mayweather yeah. fights like the San Antonio Spurs. I have not seen this man before. I was calling it Kevin Hart versus Finn Balor just so I could remember this damn thing. <laughs> That's what I have it saved in my phone as because I don't care about these people. So as far as their you know, promos and their hype and all that BS, that's not their job is to fight. Yeah. Their people are to hype it. So the yeah. fact that he, you know. That, that's not even true. That's not even true because everybody, first of all, Bob Earn, nobody's, he's promoting nothing for anybody. And, and, and neither can Oscar De La Hoya promote a fight. So in other words, we all know in any sport right now, controversy and whoever has the loudest mouth sells the most tickets. I mean, that's arguably why. Brock Don't Lesnar you think that's has problem, the biggest, though? huh? Don't you think that's problematic, though? No, everybody's been saying that. Yeah, we we should not be in this day and age where that where that sells. But yet, that is what sells. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the like the, just the level of ignorance that sells tickets. That's a different problem. But I mean, the fact that the sport isn't interesting enough to be uh, to be uh, popular on its own merits, we have yes. to generate this hype. We have to do this thing. The fact that he's the best at MMA allegedly, and Floyd's the best at boxing allegedly should be enough to sell tickets. But no, we got to get this jackass out here in his underwear, you know, throwing his dick in people's faces at the weigh-in. <laughs> Mayweather, <laughs> um, you know, out there. And we have to have him, you know, talk, you know, give us like Kurt Franklin speech. That's what he looks like. He looks Kurt Franklin. But, you know, we have to have him do that for six months. We have to have cameras follow them around. We have to have ESPN do their thing. We have to build all this hype. And for what? To have basically the Spurs... Versus anybody that can't run a, a decent offense. I mean, this wasn't even close. It was, it was, it was high analogy. school basketball versus the, San, versus the San Antonio Spurs. It was an NBA final game seven, and the final score was sixty to seventy-five. That's a boring effing game. Well, great points, actually. Not that I was uh, expecting you to say anything like I mean, that. I thought you was going to go mean, straight rampage with some forty cows and just shoot this whole thing up. I but. mean, if you want to keep it real. I think everybody knew ultimately it was about both of them getting their payday. Mm-hmm. What I'm afraid of is it's going to blow back. This is going to kind of be a hindrance to Dana White, though, because here's the thing. If you're Conor McGregor and you got that much from a boxing match, why would you want to go back to UFC? Well, okay. Got the answer for that. But you but you are right. But, but Conor's not the person. That people believe that he didn't do that bad. Yeah, this is Conor's not the person here. Nate Diaz said that he wants 30 to 40 million to fight him. Connor, on the other half, their conversation with him is to give him part ownership of the UFC. So they, in other words, they don't really have confidence that they may be able to bring in the revenue like that, strictly off pay-per-view sales and ticket sales. But they figure if they can compensate them in some way, it will have to be by giving him a percent owner of the company. So, yeah, the backlash, the financial backlash from that is very, very realistic. But at the same time, they're 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 way up because I remember they just sold the company for um three times for what it was worth. So they're they're doing really good on their money wise for there. But let me let me ask you this though. Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me, 
respond to what you said earlier. No, I, 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 I totally, um, I totally agree with what you're saying about what it take. What it, what, what did it take to actually promote this fight? To actually, what actually happened? Um, it was a business move. It was a business move for so many reasons. Because one, I've never seen a boxing fight end, and the the loser talks, the winner talk. I'm sorry, the winner talk, the loser talk. Then the winner talk again. Then afterward, they clear the stadium. Then they both do another interview. They do an interview inside. Both of them do an interview inside the locker room together. I mean, they both walked out being BSFs because they both made the money that they were going to make, crush pay-per-view sales. And yeah, in a sense, it hurts the legitimacy, especially for boxing afterwards. Um, but um, for, for their brands alone, I think it helped. And I think just for the aspect of what the sport is, I mean, it 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 almost feels like the superstar shakeup in, in WWE where they tried to make it a big thing and they wanted to promote it on ESPN like it was a real draft, yet it really wasn't. You know what I mean? Right. But but yeah. this is this is the thing. This is and actually watching uh what bits and pieces of the fight that I could watch because Triple A was on at the same time and why would I watch boxing over wrestling in any capacity mm-hmm. uh ever? But I would say this uh watching that match. Uh, or fight or whatever the hell you call it at midnight solidifies reinstates reinforces the reason why I love wrestling because it's everything that that match was on a consistent basis on Mondays and Thursdays or whatever indie show you go to without the predisposition of it being legitimate the argument it seems to be that there are a lot of cooks in the kitchen when it comes to boxing uh, the referees, the boxing commission, the casinos, and all that BS. That seems to be the elephant in the room. Well, if you have all of that, why not just watch wrestling? Yeah. I mean, I mean at they, least you get something. They, they, they definitely put in a lot of effort on the entertainment front, like really getting folks hype, you know, in the sense of just like putting on a spectacle. It's like, so you put on this big spectacle, and this but is what we the get. The legitimacy I- of the sport. I'm sorry, Caitlin, go ahead. Uh, I'm just going to say, I'm also going to add in here that as someone who uh, worked for a not super reputable online gambling website, uh, boxing is the number one sports betting, like the number one thing out there for betting on sports. So I'm assuming that a lot of people were in this to make money. Mm, and, you know, the, the, line, the lines for wrestling are what? They're, they're set so low. You, you can make, what, like fucking $10 off a wrestling match? Because it's all determined. Right. But I, I would I would be willing to bet with my my illustrious background working for online gambling. Don't tell the FBI. Um, it, I'm willing to bet a lot of that came from people who wanted to make money off this fight too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, go on. Oh wait a minute! Why I cry crocodile tears because if McGregor would have won, man, I wouldn't be doing this show tonight. Uh-huh. That's for sure. You and I both you know never that there was. I'm I'm putting the Vince McMahon no chance in hell on that possibility even happening. Seriously, seriously now. I can seriously say was that. There like, no it's not even, way like, it's not was even a hit. Do you think there was no way it was going to go 12 rounds? Period? No way. Wait, wait. Number, number one. could have went 12 rounds. Finn Balor was gassed after the fifth round. Yeah, McGregor. Um, you said fifth? He looked like he was gassed in the fourth, dog. Uh, nah, 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 no. Mm-mm. Okay, so first of all, Balor was gassed. And you can tell that Kevin Hart was just playing with him. Like, it wasn't even close. I mean, and, like, and it, this it is was, McGregor. And, McGregor like, and if you see McGregor in a regular USC fight, he gets gassed. It ain't as bad as it was in, in the you know, Mayweather fight, but he gets gassed pretty good, too. Let me ask y'all a question. If Floyd is so almighty and he's such powerful and playing with him, how come he didn't cut Connor? 
He used they, they use lighter gloves as they want it. And Connor face is about as thin as they come because he bleeds about almost every fight that he fights in the UFC. So if he was so aggressive, so powerful, and could have did this and that, how come he didn't cut him at all? Because that's like you said, not that's not he ain't built for it. Like you said, he just ain't gonna do it. It's like hey, George Foreman. So, but I'm just Jack Johnson. Nate Nate Diaz cut him straight up. So what difference does it make? Any nonetheless, though, nonetheless, he had plenty of rounds to do this. So you legitimately think that Floyd went out there and wasted his time and even took the chance of being knocked out because Floyd got hit. Yeah, he but it wasn't hit, but it wasn't hits that was necessarily making him flinch. It's like the equivalent of a five year old punching me in the face. It doesn't hurt. It's like he right, was just tested him just to see what he had, and then once he realized that he legitimately had nothing, I mean, it was almost like he crammed for a test. Okay. I mean, we knew that he was going to fail. The question was what he was going to get: a D or an E. Okay. I mean, so I get it. I mean, look, I get it. I get it. Hey, let's give McGregor props, but at some point, it's like. You're we're scraping the bare minimum here. You know? I, I don't get it because better fighters have fought and lost than he did. And I'm not saying that just because he didn't get I'm going to get blasted and we need to give him a cake. Fuck that guy. Okay, so I got one question that we switch the topics here. If McGregor takes oh, another fight against another um bo- another boxing match, are you guys interested? <sighs> based no. on what you've seen, based on what you've seen and his performance that he put against the who's best. Gonna fight that's the gonna best be on that level? Who's who's he gonna fight on that level? You think Andre War is gonna take that? Andre War will murder his ass. Nah, no, nah, I don't want that. But I mean, there's 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 um, I mean, there's Pacquiao still floating around, still hating. I'm listen, sure Golden listen. Boy, I'm sure Golden Boy wants somebody from his camp. Canelo could the, be. Oh, look, that'd the be a only way. <laughs> the only way you will get a McGregor boxing match is if WWE brought back Brawl for All. That is the oh, only way you're going to get McGregor coming back. That is the only way you're going to get McGregor back. In oh. the and, I, and I will oh. halfway take it decently serious. Somebody, somebody call Butterbean. See what he's doing. Oh, Butterbean will murder <laughs> him, man. You kidding me? <laughs> moving, moving on. <laughs> so let Butterbean the murder Bart Allen. Butterbean murdered Bart Allen. Come on, dog. Come on. <laughs> The, the first four episodes of the May Young Classic has been released, the longly anticipated May Young Classic. Um, so as we know, 32 competitors, and now those 32, 16 went home. I mean, instead of just trying to go down each one of these uh matches, I just be curious. First of all, you know, if you've seen it, you've seen it. If you're not, I know you you may want to watch it all when it's all released. But I did watch it, and I believe Caitlin's watched it too from our conversation earlier. But um, let's you know, for for those who've watched it on the show, um, what were some either singles stand out or matches that stood out to you or maybe somebody you still are have a little bit more intrigued about because you didn't see enough so basically with some thoughts and reactions from the first four episodes of the may young classic i hope you're gonna throw it to me because guess what caitlin has not watched the first four episodes of the man that's like my life has been pretty fucking crazy for the last little while so i have not got to see them but fair enough been reading a lot of the reactions and the other here's the disclaimer i'm gonna give here I read all the spoilers. I was that asshole that went and read all of the spoilers from the tapings. And you know what? It does have an effect because I don't feel as compelled to watch it because I know who the final two are. Going, see, you know, a, like the aesthetic. It's it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a problem, and I didn't think it was going to be a problem. I thought, okay, no, you know what? I will totally watch it when it happens. Uh, but you know, the case with the CWC, it was happening at the time, and we could all watch it together, and that was the exciting part of it. But now it's kind of like shit. I don't care about any of these people, but. I have been following along and watching the competitors, and they all—they feel fantastic. I mean, this is so far beyond 
anything you would expect if you were only watching Raw or SmackDown and you had your fucking four women that only get airtime every week doing the same fucking matches. You get these such an incredible field of competitors from around the world with all these different looks and different styles, and it's just something that seems so cool. I hate the fact that I haven't watched it. I am a terrible person, but it looks amazing, and I hope to God that fucking Hunter signs a bunch of those girls because it's going to be so good to fill out that division more. Like it's just going to be great. But I mean, let, me, I gotta, let, me actually, let me throw a question back at you though. So yes, we do know. Um, if you search the internet, you can see the spoilers of who's won. Who's <laughs> Wikipedia has the the spoilers but, already. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. But not. But nonetheless, it, to the CWC, we sort of can dictate who was going to win as well too, because we knew certain people who was not going to sign with WWE. Thus, we knew that they weren't going to win the championship. Cough, so, Bianca Belair. Cough. So, um, so like Koto Bushi, we was like, we just we know there's no way oh, he's yeah. winning. We know that. And I guess um, we, maybe we kind of thought we could swerve. I don't know. Maybe we thought we'd get swerved. But I, you know, and I'm I will obviously not give spoilers here because I'm not going to be that dick for people. But the final two, you are looking at. You definitely are looking at it through a lens of well, who are they going to sign? Because the one that they're going to sign out of the two is the one that's going to get the fucking win. And presumably the belt, because from what I was reading, it sounds like when Asuka gives up the belt, it's going to go to the winner of this, which makes a lot of sense. No, 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 sense, no, but, no, know. no. You don't get this glory right here. We're, we're talking about that. Like a few months. You don't get that glory because I repeatedly have said that statement over and over and over and no one was behind me. Now everyone wanted to be behind me. Well, it would have, it would have, okay, and I'll argue that it would have made more sense if they had established that from the outset of the tournament, which they did not because they had not done this. They probably didn't know what they were going to do, but nonetheless, no. I've been said that this, that's how that should have played out. Nonetheless, to the, to the original question, if, yeah. has, um, have you watched this CJ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was, look, um, I, I was rooting for my boo, you know, um, Bianca Belair, you know, I mean, granted, saw spoilers, not going to say what happens, but hey, I know she's already getting signed to WWE, so I'm whatever about it. Um, ones that I knew wasn't going to go, like Renee Michelle, I'm like, I thought, I swear to God, I thought Renee Michelle actually retired out of wrestling. I'm not even joking. I actually thought she was gone, but then I saw her wrestling. I was like, oh, yeah, she's wrestling. All right, cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. It... The spoilers hasn't affected me, but I can also see how it can affect other people and stuff. But for me, I'm still watching it because some of these ladies I've never seen wrestle and stuff outside of Mia <clears throat> outside of Mia Yim and um what's her face? Um uh other chick from um I forget Kenya. her name, but I know you're talking about she had on the rainbow colors. Um yeah, I think of her yeah, name I, in a second. Yeah, I have seen her wrestle. Oh uh, Marty Bell. Oh Marty, Marty Bell. Bell. No, I thought you were talking about um uh, D- Dakota Kai. She was. I've seen Dakota days. Kai wrestle too. Yeah, yeah, I've seen Dakota Kai wrestle. So Marty Bell, Mia Yim, and Dakota Kai, I've seen wrestle before. So it, nothing that they were doing surprised me much and stuff. But um, like I said, what I've seen so far with the first four episodes is cool. I know Meltzer kind of got pissed because he's like, it doesn't make sense with the schedule. And I'm like, yo, Meltzer, just just shut up, please, just shut up, <laughs> stop. God damn. But yeah, I'm liking it overall. And like I said, you know, with the final two. I'm satisfied, but like I said, I'm pretty sure, much like the Cruiserweight Classic, some of these girls in this tournament are gonna probably get signed. You know, so it's 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 a given. So we'll see how it rolls and stuff. I'm curious to see if Mia Young gets picked up. Uh, crap. Uh, go ahead. I refuse to watch it. Thank you. That's all um, I need to hear. 
Yeah, I refuse to watch it until all of the um, episodes have been released, and then I'll probably uh, get a gift card and uh, buy the network and watch it uh, before the live uh, final. I'm I'm going to say a couple of my ma- standout matches that I seen and, and um, went back and watched them as well too in preparation for the show tonight because it was just so solid. Um, Abby Leith and um, Jazzy Gabbard was absolutely crazy. Um, that was on the first episode. Um, for the second episode, I was a little disappointed with Marty Bell, Rachel e- Evers, instead of Evering. Um, they, not a lot of chemistry there, but they both obviously can wrestle. Um, and the Mia Yim and Sarah Logan match, if there if there was any doubt that it wasn't going to be great, I'm just putting a stamp on it. That was absolutely great. Uh, that was the second best match of the entire first round. Um, Tony Storm from Progress, obviously, a lot of charisma. Um, have never, have never seen, but just clips. So it's good to actually see a legit match from her. Um, very, very solid as well too. Look for that's the person I hope she gets signed. Uh, uh, considering that she is coming from Progress, I'm sure it's something, um, some type of formal deal should be worked. Considering other talent from Progress is already in the WWE. Um, and. Oh, and the Piper Nevin and Santana Garrett was 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 maybe my third favorite match of the first round. Very good crowd, a lot of energy coming from it. Um, uh, definitely want to definitely want to see more coming from the winner from there, which I won't spoil. And the last match, and with there's if there was any doubt, which was absolutely the best match of the first round, goes to Kari Sane and Tessa Blanchard. I mean. The names has been over wrestling all throughout the wrestling world rumored for like the last two years. So, you know, um, it, it's kind of sucks that they had to be matched up with each other for the first round. But uh, one did have to go home and it was it was it was absolutely a great match. So um, but nonetheless, though, um, like I could say, out of each episode. Absolutely. Just like the CWC. I mean, I guess they I don't know if it's the timing. Maybe you guys can chime in on this. I don't know if it's the timing. Or they just absolutely knew by the parent which matches was going to be the absolute match for the episode. And um, if everything was just paced correctly, you know, first matches were kind of slow. And it just progressed until the final match of the of, of the episode was the best match of the card. So, but Well, they taped all of the first, uh, the quarterfinals in one day. And so that way they can pick and choose and see what they... Um, you know how, how each match plays out so yeah um then the rest of the shows were taped on the second day so um moving forward uh, man raw i was in vegas so um i literally was just walking into my room with the time difference and i missed the first half but i went back and watched this and um you know when you get a test from jamal talking about john cena typically it cannot be good or maybe doesn't even exist but Without a doubt, this John Cena versus Roman Reigns signing segment. Um, how freaking crazy was this? Like, um, I just want to hear some of you guys' thoughts and some of your some of the key points you heard out of it, and just your overall thought about it. And um, I, and the other weird question I'm gonna ask is, who was the winner of that contract signing? I, I, I'm assuming yeah, it was Dead, I'm assuming it was Deadpool the promo that we saw on Monday night, but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, 
I, I'll, I, yeah, I thought it was amazing. I'll, I'll put it right out there. I've never been a huge Ceno or Reigns person, but I think that they really kind of brought out the best of each other with that promo. I'm, a friend of mine pointed out that the scene that we saw on Monday was very similar to the scene that we saw versus Punk, where if you give him a little bit of leeway to work with the fourth wall and, you know, improvise off the cuff, he comes out fucking on top every time. And, it, you know, it might not have been completely fair to put him up there against Roman Reigns. But at the same time, you know, in the same way that somebody like, you know, like Baron Corbin's laid back bullshit works for his character, the fact that Roman was sort of stumbling there really kind of works for him as well, because he does suck on the mic. He fucking sucks. He always has. He, he's not going to get better on the mic, Vince. I'm so sorry. And putting him out here against Cena just... It was not a fair. It was it was not a fair fight. It was the Mayweather McGregor for Monday night, but yeah, it, the whole thing was just fire by the end of it. Just fucking popcorn dog gift the entire time, and I am for one completely sold on that match. What I was not at all. I'm like, oh no mercy, I don't care about this fucking match. And then that pro happened, and I want to see it. I definitely want to see it, but I don't know about you guys. I mean, <laughs> I think. It kind of reminded me of the whole Cena Rock thing because Cena was actually saying the same stuff mm. to The Rock, you know, part time and all that stuff. Um, it was kind of funny how basically Cena was echoing things that you see from, you know, the IWC and what they think about Reigns and stuff. You know, the whole it takes five years to do a promo and all stuff, which is weird because I seem to remember a time where during when Seth Rollins had the belt. And Roman was like basically mid-carding it up. Folks were loving Reigns. Yeah, you can even go back in some of the videos back during that year, and folks were really cheering Reigns. There was no booze or anything when his music came up. So I think it's a situation where Roman at times got put in shitty situations, and he just had to work with it because of injuries and stuff from other people, and that's just what it is. But I, I thought Reigns had some good moments too. And stuff, um, especially him playing up the whole thing of him delaying, you know, what he was trying to say to Cena and, you know, Cena saying, hey, it's called a promo, you know, that's what you're supposed to do, you know, and I I don't know if Cena, you know, everybody used the term bury pretty loosely. I don't think Cena necessarily buried Roman. Um, basically cut a pretty good promo and they both of them got on each other and stuff. So, I mean, it's just going to look like Cena buried them because he's John Cena. That's, that's really what it comes down to. So, I, I mean, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. It, it got a good pop, just like, you know, the whole thing with Miz going in on Daniel Bryan. That, they got a big pop out of everybody. So, you know, that, that's how I see it and stuff. And it definitely does go into their whole, you know, paper when the pay, next pay-per-view, which is what, later next month? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like we got the labor or something like that. Yeah. So uh, I think overall, um, watching it, you know, in the moment, it was kind of like it was good because it was different and it was different because it was unexpected. Um, if somebody would have said that I would have popped for a John Cena and Roman Reigns contract signing, which is just the, the death of any uh, segment, I would have called you a liar. But here we are. And we're, and we're talking about it because it was different and it was unexpected for whatever reason, whether it was a shoot or a work shoot or whether it was completely, um, they were just going with it with what the writers gave them. Uh, it worked. It definitely worked. The problem is, is that when you talk about people getting buried, 
John Cena didn't necessarily bury Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns tripped on a banana peel and fell into a six-foot hole. Uh, in that moment, you're not supposed to stumble. Uh, you're not supposed to, to lose your words. When you're verbally jousting with somebody, Roman Reigns blinked several times and got hit several times. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't even close. And whatever he was, you know, he got flustered by the crowd. He, you know, that was really telling of how it's, uh, of how Reigns is going to be as a potential main eventer. This was his moment. And I think Reigns has probably done the, one of the better things that he's done. But the long and short of it is, is that whether you agree with Cena and his wrestling acumen, he's pretty good with the stick. Reigns has failed on both accounts. He is not interested as a wrestler, and he is absolute trash, just completely toxic waste on the mic. So at the end of this, this is like, oh, Jesus Christ, we, you know, Reigns is actually going to be technically a heel in something. Also, good on you, Cena, for saying what people have been saying for the past, I don't know, four years. <laughs> but... Would this mean that I'm going to be, um, you know, glued to my uh, laptop watching No Mercy? No, I, I don't care. This will still be a bathroom break, whether I've seen it in person or at home. I will purposely go to the bathroom uh, during that match because it's it's a match that I don't see. It has no reference. It has no reverence, rather. Um, I, I couldn't care less. I'm a little disappointed that they didn't attack how many moves they have where one was going to say you only got three and the other one's going to say well you only have four i was really waiting to hear that oh, hold on hold on hold on cena does have a repertoire of other moves he's more than the five moves i'm just saying <laughs> we've seen it during the kevin owens match and the cm punk yeah. match from years ago he, he can do more it's, it's taken him 12 years but he's up to a good dozen moves now <laughs> who doesn't that's, that's more than that's more than that's more than Reigns is uh four i'll, I'll give Reigns four Fine, fine, fine. I mean, look. And, I mean, unless you really count a punch as a move, then fine. You know, it's a, it's a move. It's a punch. Punch is a move. This, this. I'm just gonna say that there's somebody in the May Young Classic that delivers a Superman punch a zillion times better than he does. Oh, it's so good. I've seen that gift. Yes, amazing. But nonetheless, um, I didn't have no interest on this, so I'm gonna piggyback off Caitlin. And yeah, I, I guess a little bit of more controversy and a and a good promo. Um, does create the hype, so um, the intrigue is there. We'll see. Hmm? They should have saved that before to the go home show for No Mercy. Oh, yeah, that's uh, a good point. Now that this was so good and it has everybody talking about it, what do you do to keep this up until then? Um, I've seen a Reigns beef some more, wrestle. I don't know. I mean, that's that's the only way you can because I mean, No Mercy is what like basically mid September. Right, like near the end of September, so it's like you got four weeks to be, build up this whole thing. So, right, so you, so you have three. Well, we're actually when is no mercy? So you have three or four weeks to get this done, and you're not going to put them at odds with each other. It's September 24th, but you're going to have you're not going to put them at odds with each other in another tag match or another six way match or another you know lumberjack match or whatever the stupid <laughs> stipulation that they're going to put. Them before the actual that day. is a match I haven't heard in a while. Lumberjack. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's bound to happen again, but. You know, that was such a, an interesting, resonating uh, promo um, from, from both sides. How do you beat that? And if we're going to leave it up to Roman Reigns, good luck. 
I mean, he took <laughs> Cena did kind of you know take a dump on Undertaker too a little bit. It's like damn, it's kind of fucked up. Which what I hope I hope and pray to all the gods, Thor, Loki, whoever, if you're listening, Boreas, all of them. Please don't let the Undertaker Praise come Boreas. back. <laughs> yeah, I think that what if, if take, take, I, I say this, Taker coming back, I feel will undermine Roman retiring him. You know, because it, oh, it's sure. like, well, yeah, it's like, what's the point of having Undertaker come back to beef with Cena because he called him a freaking cranky old dude? It's like, well, then you just kill Roman Reigns' push as the man of the ring now. It's like, regardless, regardless of how you feel about Reigns, let's get that out of the way. Regardless of how you feel about Roman Reigns, Taker coming back would kill the allure of what Reigns had beating Undertaker. But they already it, did it that when he lost to Lesnar. But that's so what I Lesnar. But but you could say the same thing for Lesnar, basically skating through and almost losing the you know Samoa Joe and and basically skimming through his teeth in that four way match too. That makes Lesnar look vulnerable as but a vulnerable but, champ, but, but it doesn't necessarily kill. It makes but, him look vulnerable. I mean, the dude literally almost got choked out against Samoa Joe, and he did right. his thing against Samoa Joe, and you saw how he had his reaction, like holy shit, I can't believe I fucking won. Right. I mean. Because now that sprinkles seeds of doubt within uh, the people in the Lesnar camp and whatever they think he's just this unstoppable guy. Uh, that sprinkles some seeds. Now we have now it makes Joe more interesting. Yeah. Lesnar's already got. We don't need him to do anything else. But now that Joe is more interesting, Ron Strowman's more interesting because of that fact. And now there's some chinks in the armor. But that as far as Roman goes and the Undertaker coming back or whatever, Cena, you know, he's already in the hole. Mm-hmm. Cena's just got to push a little bit of dirt on him, and if the Undertaker comes back, then you might as well throw the rest on there. Get the backhoe out, and it's over. But no matter what, we still come back to the same issue that they're just going to shove Reigns down our throat because Cena is the the greatest thing about the promo is is that it's true. Cena's on the Today Show because he is the face of the company. You know, he is you know out there you know flying to Houston for hurricane relief, and he's doing 1500 make a wish is a year for cancer kids and stuff like that because he's that guy and he's desperate to um uh, give that yeah that mantle up but as he said in that promo nobody's willing to take it from him. <laughs> i don't so know i think that's what makes it interesting but good luck to roman you know, who need it <laughs> uh moving forward to something um won't be so deep uh, Sean Benjamin, one of my favorite wrestlers of the time of 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 all time, um, finally made his debut. Finally, after uh, numerous setbacks, uh, one I think an injury and uh, maybe some kind of chapter problem. I forget what it was, but he had some setbacks. He teamed up with Chad Gable. Um, they got some work to do, but nonetheless, I just wanted to hear you, you guys' um, um, thoughts on. Shelton Benjamin actually finally being in the WWE, and uh, what's 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 really going to be the limit for him here? Mid mid card title, yeah. After after turning on Gable, not wrong. I mean, do you see him going for the U.S. title? Yeah, whatever Um, the mid card title is, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, after after turning on Gable at the Royal Rumble, um, mid card title at WrestleMania. I just find it really curious that they're kind of refusing to give Gable a singles run. I don't, I don't really understand why that is, because he's such a good competitor. He fucking throws suplexes. 
Um, he's, he's charismatic and in NXT he did fine. I, I just I'm not sure why they feel like they need to partner him with somebody to give him a push forward. It could be that he would get he would obviously get lost in the shuffle if he was a singles competitor. But at the same time, you know, what's what's the ceiling for Benjamin and Gable as a tag team? You know, what what kind of tag team division do you even have on SmackDown Live? That's uh, pretty it's, good. I mean, I, I, don't got Us, Us, I mean, they're they're angling the whole. I mean, Usos and. New Day and stuff. Well, at least two thirds yeah. of two thirds of New Day now. Since you know, um, yeah, Xavier's injured. But Xavier I mean, those, injured. The, the belts aren't coming off the Usos anytime soon. So I mean, I. I mean, it could push the whole Shelton Benjamin, Shelton Benjamin and Haas angle, maybe, possibility. I mean, he looked great. Really? He looked great for sure. He looked like fucking one hundred percent out there. So you know, good on him for coming back. It's, it's such a weird. Yeah. You know what? It, it's it's totally a hail mary. Like we have nothing to do with for you, so join Chad Gable. <laughs> you know you had this awesome match against uh, AJ Styles for the belt, so you know exactly, exactly. Anyway, <laughs> I know I didn't mean to get you started on that. It was like I had to really think. Uh, like, hey, you had a really good match about that. Huh. Love me some Gable. It just that's so frustrating. Anyway, he's he's in a better position than Jason Jordan. That much is yeah, true. That much is true. That much is true. <laughs> No oh, doubt. such garbage. Such garbage. I still give Jason Jordan some time because it's not like he's completely screwed. It's just I'm giving Jordan some time before I even call Jason it. Jason Jordan is a darker Bo Dallas. He's Rocky Mavia is what he is. Ah, uh, yeah. That I don't true. know, but yeah, that's unfortunate. I, I think he's here. Um, he's going to be here, and he's going to do um, the things he used to do. Put him in no money in the bank spots and just uh, – any type of high-profile flying around matches and stuff like that, uh, but I think it helps Gable in the long run because um, I don't maybe creative just not ultimately sold on him. Yeah, he's had some great matches where he got squashed in all of them in such a heroic effort, sort of say. But I don't know. They they maybe they're just not totally sure what's what's the plan with him, and thus they needed to do something with Shelton Benjamin as well and. Uh, maybe the internet rumors just got to him. It was like, all right, well, we'll just do this. But at the same time, too, what was the whole point of breaking up American Alpha if he's going to do this? Like, you should have just let Shelton Benjamin just go to Raw and just kept Jason Jordan and Chad Gable together. At least at least them as a tag team had story, uh, purpose, and um, some unfinished business that could have happened as well, too. But I don't know. who. What other tag teams is, he, is even relevant right now in SmackDown? Like, is it just the Usos and New Day? And the fashion I mean, day, Brizango. I mean, Brizango, which I still love. love. I mean, yeah, I, I love, uh, I love my, 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 I love my Illuminati vampire sons in the Ascension. Big fan of them. <laughs> you know, I keep forgetting the Ascension is still a thing. <gasps> How dare you, the Ascension? They are. They, anyway, they're, they're, they're terrible. They're terrible. I love them, but they're terrible. They're my boys. Hey, at least <laughs> they didn't get broken up like, uh, you know, um, what's his face? The, uh, the other, um. Oh, oh my God, I'm forgetting the, that um, team. The vile villains. Yeah, the vile villains. I yeah. was like, oh, that was short-lived, even though I kind of sort of liked the gimmick. <laughs> I'm just going to say that uh, What's the Face's new theme is uh, is is dawning on me pretty cool. Oh, man, he's doing a great job. Aiden English. Yeah, Aiden English, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm going to have to give that one one thumb up as of right now. Um, anyway, what do you guys think about? I mean, well, real quick, uh, what do you guys think about Aiden English kind of going solo? I mean, do you think he's going to work out or kind of fizzle? Uh, I, I don't think he's going to go that far, but he's doing. I think he's doing great with what he has right now. It's 
pretty hilarious. His facial expressions are amazing. He's a reaction gift. <laughs> uh, he's one of the main event superstars for a long time. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I, I was just kind of curious because I didn't really have much of, like, more of anything to really nail down on him, so I will just kind of get into perspective. I think no, I mean, also, I, like, sorry, go on. Like I said, I like him. I like his gimmick. I like his work. Um, it's just unfortunate that WWE seems to, like, just ride one or two horses until uh, they collapse. So, unfortunately, you know, you kind of get to, like, the Dolph Ziggler plateau. That's, that's kind of what it is. <laughs> if you can't make it over that Dolph Ziggler hump, the Dolph the Ziggler line, then that's where you're going to be. And at best, you'll be a mid-card champion. But um, and we've seen a lot of guys with a lot of potential do that. Uh, you know, Ryback never made it over the Ziggler line. <laughs> um, you know, and the, you know, Aiden English never made it over the Ziggler line. Adam Rose never made it over. And I'm only basing that on how good they were in NXT. Oh, Dallas never came close to the Ziggler line, so you know, it's that, like oh, that real talk. I think them, I think some of them need to like do what gender did and maybe kind of just take a break for a minute and then come back. You know, I don't know about Bo Dallas, Bo Dallas just needs another gimmick to really kind of like. Oh, I love Bo Dallas. I think I, I, I think also I think also at the same time though there is a really good place of value for you know the quote unquote enhancement talent because guys like Aiden English, you know, Kurt Hawkins, they really do take what they have and they just fucking run with it and it's it's really kind of cool to see to be honest that there are these guys who are not bitching and moaning about their place in the company and the fact that they're always being they're they're putting every other guy over they're just having a good time like Kurt Hawkins tweet I don't know if you guys saw it about being honored by his peers on Monday night when he's right. getting tossed out of the ring. Like, that's, that's a great response. Like, props to him for doing that. And, I mean, yes. That, that is, but unfortunately, it's like rooting for the Maple Leafs. As much as you oh. love the team and the products that they put out, you know good and goddamn well that they're nowhere near where they need to be. They're not going <laughs> to hit the zip line. I'm wearing a Maple come, Leafs t-shirt right now. I'm going to come down there and fight you. But you're right. You're well, right. I love, more, I, love, I, I love, I just, I love underdogs. I guess that's my, that's my horrible problem. That's why I love heels because baby faces are always just going to break. True, but there, there seems to be a lack of parity in the WWE though. So that's, and that's part of the problem. Once, you, once Jason Jordan got settled into what his new role is, everybody kind of went, well, well, it's good while it lasted. I mean, that's the same feeling of the dread that people generally get when people come from NXT uh, to the main roster. Where it's like, well, Oscar's done. It was a good run. She did it all. Where's she going to go? Raw SmackDown. It doesn't even matter anymore. Because yeah, because you just hope that their their charisma will shine through and they'll be able to get over. Yeah, I mean, because you look at somebody like say um, Neville. Like I was dreading Neville for a minute, even though he was kind of mid carding it up. But I'm liking what they're doing with him in 205, where he's like this heel cruiserweight, right. and it works. You know, and like I say, right. it's it, sometimes it can work out for character for, for wrestlers, and you just hope that it works out for whoever comes out of NXT. I was worried for Finn Balor. Even though I knew he was good, it was like, I don't know about Finn, how they're going to like him. And it's like, oh, okay, I like what they're doing with Finn now. It was, you know, we'll see how it goes. So it's hit. It's, it's very 50-50, like you said, with NXT. It's like you just hope that they land well and they don't get, you know, screwed over and stuff. I mean, Apollo Crews is another person that I was like, damn, he really – I mean – the total I mean, he got rent to pay you know, for him, but realistically, Paul <laughs> Cruz was supposed to be that guy. He's supposed to be, you know, he he never crossed the Ziggler line. 
Unfortunately, I mean, probably because his mic work is not good. Good wrestler, I like him, but it's like your mic work is not good, dog. Sorry. I forgot about that. I forgot more about him than Titus O'Neil. Exactly. I mean, Titus O'Neil with the Titus brand is the only thing that's helping out Apollo Crews, which I think is cool because, hey, sometimes you need – I mean, look, sometimes you need something. I'm not saying it's it's 100% helpless, but sometimes you need something. I mean. I guess. I don't know. But I'll let you uh, move speak- on. I'll let you move Sorry, I didn't want to get you on topic. On oh, no, no, you're good. Because speaking of 205 Live, I mean, look, we've been talking about this um, all over on the show. Uh, I'm, oh, sure, I'm sure on just random occurrences of walking through your neighborhood, your barbershop, wherever it may be. But the question was always, what is Nats for Enzo Amore? And then a lot of people by popular <laughs> demand said, My barbershop wants to know. I don't know. Oh, every man. club, every every other celebrity place that he's at what's next for this guy he seemed to be uh, in the doghouse ultimately i felt like that she got rid of him that's just my 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 my, my suggestion but he's on 205 live um oh yeah uh, that, that better, happened in a sense though the, the, my, my question to to you guys is that that's what people wanted and i'm going to actually point that finger Can to we you really that's, really that's, really that's what you guys really? wanted. you you guys wanted that what listen Listen, listen. Fake news. Here's here's what here's what it is. All right, and we talked about this in our Russell Corner group and stuff. I think Dwayne Dwayne at D said it best. D basically said it's essentially Enzo is on 205 to get more eyes on 205. It's not to say 205 is bad. It's actually very good wrestling. It's just from all intents and purposes from what I'm hearing and stuff like that. It's just the crowd isn't into it as much as the other ones, which I get because, hey, it's cruiserweights, hit or miss. I mean, even though we like to think back to WCW with the cruiserweights, even back to WCW, even though the cruiserweights were hot, it was only certain cruiserweights people popped for, like Ray or Kidman, Hooventude, you know, and Psychosis and those people and Dean Lincoln and stuff. But some of the other ones, it's like, well, El Dandy, was really people popping for El Dandy? I don't know. I don't think they were. <laughs> I mean, you know, La Parker, oh I would God. say, yeah, you know. I was thinking, like, hold on, who, you, who was he about to say that nobody was really looking out for? <laughs> but yes. Good, good. I was like, El Dandy's probably the only one that I can really think of on the top of my head that, like, people really weren't, like, really popping for it. That was the cruiserweight and stuff. But then again, they weren't really using El Dandy like that in the first place. So there you go. Fair. But Fair. You know, but like I get they want to put Enzo in there, but it's like, yo, like Enzo is not a good wrestler. Like, and I should have saw this in NXT, but you know, I got hyped because you know, Enzo and Cass and stuff, you know, and it's like, man, he's not good. And I'm hoping now, I don't feel he's on even read territory personally. I don't feel he's in he should be so lucky. (laughs) He is lucky he's not in that territory, which I mean, granted. You have to do a lot to be on Eva Marie territory to really be that bad. So I give Enzo that, but at the same time, it's like, dude, you got a long way to go to really make it there. And basically, it's a situation where you have a D student in a group of A and B students, and it's very telling and showing. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, the amount that his opponents have to carry him through the matches is kind of painful to watch. Yeah. Uh, well, once his gimmick, uh, you know, grows on you and then it sours, his everything is painful to watch. I, I do think that um, for whatever reason, Enzo Amore moves merch, and that's a big deal for WWE. So, yes. I'm not shocked. <laughs> if anybody, <laughs> not shocked. Right. Uh, if anybody can get 
um, more uh, eyes on 205 Live, more merch, then yes, it is cheaper to keep them. However, um, 205 Live has just been a fuster of clucks since the beginning. Uh, they don't know what the brand is. And I'm not surprised because Grubby WWE doesn't, they don't do cruiserweights. So it, you know, it doesn't, it's not surprising that they've completely dropped the ball on this one. Um, unfortunately, because of its disjointed place <clears throat> within the company, <clears throat> they're not a part of Raw. They're not a part of SmackDown. But they have, you know, they tape 205 Live at SmackDown. They have a segment on Raw, but they only give them five minutes. It, it doesn't feel like an integrated part. And I like the fact that Enzo was on 205 Live. I wish more people would guest star on 205 Live. Maybe they have an open challenge. Maybe Finn Balor shows up for no reason. Maybe they have an open challenge. Maybe Kalisto shows up for no reason. And on like a one-off thing, it makes it different. It makes it interesting. It gives people a reason to watch. But like going forward, they really don't know what to do with them. And they said, well, put them in the corner until he figures it out. I mean, I had an idea that maybe they should do what WCW did and like literally – I remember at the beginning of every Nitro, the first 20 minutes was basically cruiserweights. Well, they also gave them time to work, too. Yeah, I mean, I feel that's what they should do for Raw. Fuck it. Don't do the opening with, you know, the top person. Fuck it. Just first 20 minutes, just throw 205 in there for, like, 20 minutes. That'll throw people off completely. And it's like, well, you got the cruiserweights done at the, at the top of the show instead of, like, the middle of the show where nobody fucking cares. Honestly, right. let's just be real about this, you know. No, and at that point, at least you capture like, okay, cruiserweights, they're right there at the beginning, and then that's it. Yeah, no, they purposely put them in like the death spot, which is like um, just after the start of the third hour, but before the main event. So yeah. at ten fifteen, that's your bathroom break. <laughs> so I was about and to say nine fifteen is the bathroom break, but yeah. Well, nine fifteen is the start of of the second hour, which is where you're a big. Uh, promo that happens that sets up the main event. So you'll want to make sure yeah. that people are that are just eating dinner and stuff like that. They may have missed the first hour, but they definitely don't want to miss the second as we go into the main event. But you still have to fit cruiserweights in there, and that's not something that you should have to fit in there. You know, that's it should be just another match on the show. And to dump the purple ropes because of cost-cutting reasons or to cut their time and stuff like that, that's, that doesn't help their cause either. So if you're not going to do it right, then just do it on the network and give them their own show. I've said it for the longest time. Tape 205 Live at, at Full Sail and, and do it, tape it on an NXT-like schedule. And if they want, send some of the guys to the NXT guys and send the other guys to tour with the rest of the roster. Okay. I have to take them a month. Problem solved. <laughs> because the Full Sail guys will pop for Cruiserweights. They know what they are. Katie, got anything to add for your uh, love interest of Enzo Amore? Oh, I love him so much. No, I mean, you guys made a lot of really great points. He moves so much merch. Children love him. And I will say, like, when I went to the house show here, uh, back in the, the wintertime, I think it was, holy shit, the crowd popped so hard for Enzo and Cass. I could not believe it. I could not believe how loud those kids were for Enzo. So it makes so much sense that they wouldn't sideline him. And unfortunately, I think a lot of us had the idea that, you know, it would be not it, it would be ideal if he was a manager. You know, make him a mouthpiece. That that's what he's best at, because you know, his in-ring bullshit terrible skills aside, he is very good on the mic when when he wants to be, and it's not just the repetitive catchphrases. He's very good at being impassioned. 
And I think that would have translated really well if they just gave him to somebody who didn't maybe have the skills for that. But for some reason, they really want to make him a wrestler. And it's kind of sad to watch. Um, I, I, felt, I, maybe, I maybe felt a little bad for Noam Dar taking that pin the other night because Noam's a very good wrestler. Um, but, you know, if anything, you're, you guys are right. It is a very good ploy to get people's eyeballs on 205 Live because Enzo is an unpredictable psycho, basically. Yes, so um, as long as, oh, my God, if they put him in the title picture, I'm just going to have, like, a brain explosion because it's just going to be, no, don't. Like, well, guys, can you imagine if they take the title off Neville and put it on Enzo Amore? Do you know what, dog? Dude, that is on the... Dog, I'd rather see that. I ultimately fear that. Like, if that happens... I'd rather see Hornswoggle with the fucking Cruiserweight belt. Uh, I would, I'd, be, I'd be happy if fucking North Korea sends their missiles the minute that happens. Like, just let it end. Let I it mean, because to me, giving Enzo the belt... I don't want to say it's on fucking uh 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 what's you uh Dave 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 um what the fuck um no I don't want to say Enzo getting the belt levels but to me it's on David Arquette level. It's like David Arquette. I hate to say it, man, but it's like terrible for our times. Nah, no. Yeah, it'll be just, it'll be it'll be a cheap pop. That's all it would be. You'll be controversy. All of us on the internet would be going ape shit crazy on Twitter, yes. Yes. Facebook, and all that stuff. And you know WWE would like it because hey, it's controversy. But is it good controversy? It's not. Oh. I do like it actually, and I do think that they should scrap the whole. <laughs> you like watching the world um, burn, sir? Okay, I get it. I do. I do absolutely do, and I have a I have a shit ton of matches, but. I do think that they should they should do it. It would actually make 205 Live interesting and stand out on its own. And I do think that maybe, just maybe, Colin Cassidy should come back, they kiss and make up, and then he you know gives Neville the big boot and, and gives Enzo the belt. So a Nash and... Um, so, yes, yes, Nash, exactly what I'm going at. Michael, <laughs> Diesel Shawn yeah. Michael situation? Absolutely. You know what? Honestly, if Enzo was a half-decent wrestler, I could see that. Yeah. I could no, I mean, I, I think that absolutely should happen because, unfortunately, who else is worthy of taking the – the only guy worthy enough to take the belt from Neville, and I don't mean in a wrestling sense because all of those guys could have it. Oh, yeah, no problem. easily. easily. Yeah. But who, who could take it from him, realistically? Was well, so like, yeah. promo, promo, like promo was uh, Johnny Gargano. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. If that he, is, that if is he cool. ever comes up, sure. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. Yeah. <clears throat> I yeah, no, I would love to see. I would, I would love to see any of those guys have it, and they're definitely worthy of it. However, as far as like a money standpoint, it's Neville, but Jack Gallagher, no. Swan, no. Cedric, maybe. Um, but, but, it, but then that's the fact that we looked over at the entire two of our live roster for a legitimate source in Johnny Gargano or Kenta, whatever oh, they call him now. Yeah, it's sad. Is the problem. Like, I mean, as much as we love the guys, Gargano's your best hope. That's a problem. Yeah, I mean, if you're, yeah, if you're talking promo-wise, I can probably see where you're coming from with Enzo, just you know, Enzo could cut the shit out of their promo and stuff. But I'm just yeah. trying to figure out how Kalisto was in that battle royal earlier, and he's still not on 205 Live. Yo, that's like missed opportunity. It's like, yo, Kalisto <laughs> would... Uh... Man, 
Any, anywho, in 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 the R in the eye of more confusion of this weekend, brings about another very 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 controversial moment in wrestling. And Jamal, I know you said you was watching it live, but in um, Triple Mania, um, Olay, sexy star, <laughs> pretty much tries to. Well, it does injures Rosemary. In a very ugly incident. Didn't see it live. I didn't go back and watch the match. Um, very ugly shoot, nonetheless. Um, both of them have both made comments as of now. Um, right. Not sure. I, I know a lot of people seen Rosemary, but Sexy Star did respond around roughly 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, today in a very estranged sort of response because I'm not quite getting the direction of it. I mean, I guess it was an apology. Sort of say also no, sounded no, it like it was not at all. What what, what did she say? What, what did she I say got, exactly? So y'all elaborate on this real quick while I bring this up because okay, so I have it in front of me. Um, oh, go she, for it. You got it. Okay. Get it. She has the um. She made a statement to rdrudo.com, a Mexican uh, wrestling podcast, and basically said, and again, my Spanish is very bad, but basically said. See, what had happened was I didn't know she was actually injured. And I was just caught up in the moment from winning. So if she injured, well, she injured, I guess. But, I mean, it, it wasn't an apology. It was not, She did not say the words, I'm sorry. She did not say regret anything that was happening. The only She basically made herself to be the victim and say, well, how comes everybody's mad at me? People want me to retire and people want me to, you know, they want to hurt me for real. And this is not what we're supposed to be about. You know, people are bullying me now. And the whole thing really, it, it comes from a very, very uh, misguided place and a very, very um, self-centered place where it's like, listen, uh, this we thought this chick had a broken elbow, dislocated elbow, and now it's just uh, uh, serious bruising. And you did it. So the very, the, at the very least you could say is, I'm sorry. No. But... You can't even do that in English or Spanish. Well, fuck off then. Yep. Oh yeah, I was I was fucking livid. I didn't see it either, but I got the next morning read about it. And I mean, you know, I love Rosemary a lot. I met her once, and she's a total sweetheart for being a psychotic demon. She's very cool. She's a hard ass worker. And to have this shit happen when there is legit, there's a code. It's like a code of honor among wrestlers that you protect your opponent. And a lot of people who aren't wrestling fans, I don't think understand that, that there is that understanding that you are putting your safety in the hands of your opponent. It's not, it's not a fight fight like you would see in UFC where you're deliberately trying to injure another person. You are trying to protect each other. And to have someone betray that just so fucking nakedly and right. not even apologize for it and definitely pull the victim card saying that, oh, and, and also her line about, you know, I, I'm fighting for all the women who are oppressed and yeah. abused. And it's like, what the shit are you on, honey? Like, that is terrible. And, you know, props, props to Rosemary for rising above it. All the statements she has given have been phenomenal, and they are very heartfelt and very taking the high road on this, when she doesn't have to. She does not no. have to take any fucking high road on this at all, because she is incredibly justified. But, you know, the knives came out from all corners of wrestling, which is exactly how it should have been. And right. everyone else said it for her. So, you know, that, that's, it's better. It's better than me. I'm curious you to know, see what Vampiro does after this. 
Right. Even somebody who's worked for Global Force Impact Wrestling doesn't deserve this. And the fact that, <laughs> and the fact that the Global Force Owl, Hootie and the Blowfish people, um, oh, definitely can't throw the fix. No matter how bad the company is or has been ran over the past few years, they that's the strongest showing of of any show they've ever done after total deletion was their defense for rosemary and smack in the face but i remember when the may young class of participants were first getting announced i would, first two people i remember saying is that i would love to see beta scott and i would love to see sexy i love, star. Rosemary. I love to rosemary in that could you imagine that was done on that platform i mean triple a is a uh, triple mania is a big deal as well too great promotion as well too it's a um, massive deal it's their biggest show of the year yeah. So that's the thing. Like, I mean, this is the equivalent for those that don't watch Mexican wrestling in any capacity. This would be the equivalent of Alexa Bliss breaking Shasta Banks's leg at WrestleMania. You know that that that's what we're talking about here. And then going, oh well, I mean, if she's hurt, then I guess she's hurt then. <laughs> I did it for the Rock. I did it for the people. <laughs> um, I have an actual quote, and I did just translate it right now, and she said. These days have been difficult for me. On Saturday, I had a championship fight, which was very hard. Hold I think on, all of it went out of hand. That's uh, that's not right earlier. I know it's a situation right now, and I'm bit, I'm a bit a bit confused. I want to be silent and talk when the time is right. Uh, men, women, they want to finish me, retire me from the sport, but I'm here. And I've said at the beginning, I will not stop. And on behalf of all women who have been mistreated physically or psychologically, I will fight for you. Uh, oh I no, I don't want her. She's not fighting for Well, me. she's fighting for you, whether you like her or not. <laughs> oh, yeah. Take it. <laughs> you're rejecting uh, I, I think I, I, I rebuke the demon. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I think I have to be stronger. If at that moment um, I went through a depression and left, I will leave this one too. Um, I think she's saying, like, uh, if I were to get depressed of, of wrestling or something like that, I will leave too. Um, I was doing what I had to do. People get what people deserve. Um, and it happened, and it seems that the girl is injured. I don't know. Um, the only thing I can say is I don't know. Oh. Is a that's not even a non-answer or a, a, a fake apology. That is just diarrhea of the mouth. Yeah, and that that's what I read. Completely lost. I, like that's what I was like. I guess he's trying to apologize, but absolutely does not. As you said in the very beginning, not a trace of sorry or any apologetic type of words. I mean, right. I, because this I, I is get beat around in some federal cases I've seen of straight up police brutality, and they got the most jivious things to say, even though the video evidence is there, and they're just like, I don't, you know, well, uh, I don't absolutely understand, but basically, that would, but, that would be like in a hypothetical situation where there were a hurricane. And the president, hypothetically, of the United States uh, flew down to a town about 100 miles away from the epicenter of the hurricane and said, thank you all for coming out. <laughs> um, got a great turnout here. Kaylee, you know, any, you know anything Whoa. about that? That never happened. That never <laughs> happened in real life. But in a moment where you're supposed to be empathetic and sincere, you come off as a prick. Now, again, hypothetically speaking, because that never happened in real life. But... It, sexy star, I don't know how she comes back from this, and I would say personally, if any company hires her ever again, they are on the list of companies that I will never patronize ever in any way, shape, or form. Question. 
of all things that has happened this year, is she absolutely in the top tier biggest scum in the wrestling community? No, because Roman no. Reigns still exists. And he's oh. crashing a paycheck. Realistically, here I mean, we have we have Alberto Del Rio and Page incident. We have Titus O'Neil and Vince McMahon incident, and we have this. Look, listen, Titus and Vince is I mean, like Titus, that, that's what that wasn't that's, his that's, fault. That's, that wasn't his fault. That wasn't even controversy. It was just he caught Vince on a bad day, and it's whatever. That that's whatever. Del Rio, I'm sorry. At this point, I'm not surprised at his fucking antics. It's not even shocking anymore. So her sexy star shit ranks top bar none. It's like. Nothing is beating it because at this point, Del Rio and Paige's antics is not even new. It's just like, eh, what's what what's Del Rio doing now? Okay, well, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Moving on to the next subject, we have we had so much stuff to go ahead, Jamal. You want to say something real quick? Even still, with um, with Vincent and Titus, that was a very quick thing that you know shouldn't have ever happened. And that was honestly Vince blown up with uh, the greatest tag team of all time. Greg Maddox and Paige um, and Xavier um, <laughs> Woods. I got about that. Um, um, with, with that happening, well, that just surfaced this year um, and then from years ago. So that's whatever. Um, Charlotte, this thing. Charlotte showing what, what, uh, but, nine point, but again, nine point she, eight. But she is a victim at that point. That is not okay. Uh, her privacy was breached. Uh, so that is not okay. And that yeah, is not the, her fault. The, the whole ordeal of that. Actually, did they ever right. actually narrow that down to anyone specific? Eh, it's a big internet out there, so no, not not really. Uh, um, but the the point is, is that uh, in the scope of the business, uh, sexy star purposely and maliciously injured someone. And I do give Rosemary, and though I've not, I know of her, but I've not really seen her because I don't watch Global Force. Um, as much as I love that damn owl, um, I, I, I know of her, but she has my respect, and you know I'll definitely make it a point to go out there because she said, um, as much as I want to rip Sexy Star's head off, it's not worth going to a Mexican prison over. Which leads me to two questions: uh, Damn, how bad are Mexican prisons? And and secondly, uh, you know how long will she be out? <clears throat> Hopefully, she'll be back for the next uh, Impact tapings in October, I think. Well, Mexican prisons aren't no aren't no joke. So, yeah, that's right here. So that's right here. So, Kaylin, one uh, we brought this up earlier, and now, now I will definitely give you the floor to capitalize on a point that I made that you're trying to steal my kudo points off of. But yes, Oscar, 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 because that's not a person. But Oscar relinquished her belt on the NST taping. Um, it is not a spoiler because the WWE website. Uh, alerted it right to my phone so um it's absolutely a thing even though it hasn't aired it should air next week but uh she relinquished her nst women's championship and possibly in the eye of an injury and i'm only saying possible possibly because is it a shoot or is it a work or not but nonetheless um the vacant title there and just want to discuss what do we think the plans for the belt is um obviously the rumors have been floating around with that but um yeah Kaylin, you had something you want to uh point out on this earlier uh yeah what i was saying to you earlier is that i'm not completely convinced that it's a, that it's actually an injury i mean i'm sure she's probably banged up but it is very convenient that this has happened when it did and it really is you know as you put it it's a very good plot device for her to drop the belt it makes a lot of sense 
And it does bring her back. I'm sure you guys, I, one of you probably knows better than I do, it brings her back at a, a pay-per-view in Hell in a Cell, I think that's when they put her back at. The timeline is October for her to come back. Yeah, hell so that's a, very, that's a it's a very convenient window. But, you know, the, the point that we were making earlier is that it would have been a lot better if they were going to do this, if they were going to establish off the top of the Mae Young Classic that the winner gets the belt. It, it just would have made a lot more sense, and it puts a lot more weight behind the actual tournament. Because now if it's going to be, all right, final two competitors, the winner, here's your prize, it's the belt. Like, it's going to be a little weird. And it might undercut a bit of the women's division that already exists in NXT, if you understand what I mean. Like, there are other women who are... You know, been putting in a lot of time and a lot of training and have been in NXT for a while and probably deserve a better shot than just giving it away like, you know, a fucking door prize to whoever wins the tournament. So I'm not quite sure what they do with it, but there are the other problems that there are no women that compete on that level in NXT right now. You know, I'm not the biggest Ember Moon fan. I don't think she should have won the belt. I'm glad she didn't because she's not very good. I'm so sorry. She's not very good. And the women in the Mae Young Classic, for sure, are far better competitors than, what, like Liv Morgan? I, I don't know. They don't have much of a division there. But I just don't think it's the right time and place to, to really, you know, make, make it. It makes sense to make it the prize, but I don't think I'd really want to see it, you know? Anyway, that's kind of my thought on it. Um, and I agree with your point. You cause a riff in the locker room if you pretty much have people who um you know yeah but you know what about the shakeup happened which has been rumored and these sort of say deserving people ended up got promoted to the main roster that's true i mean billy billy k and um and uh peyton royce they've been rumored to been come they've been rumored to have been coming up for a while i'm not sure how that's going to work out but i mean you just bring them up um you bring up ember moon uh who else maybe not ruby riot yet i think she still has a lot of momentum maybe just those three and that should be it i don't think there's anybody else that's really much in contention uh you can't bring up what's her name because you you have to bring up the whole entire sanity i mean you do have uh mandy rose who who has been seen sporadically on tv i believe but she's not really a big a bit player um they do have Aaliyah, who was just an absolute turd sandwich on a breaking ground um, and she's got a chance to do some things. Um, they have the um, the chick that's like a uh, a soldier from the forties or whatever. Um, I can't think of her name. And the boxer. Oh, Lacey Evans. Um, I can't think of her name either. So they definitely have Lacey Evans. Um, one is one of them. Um, I can't think of the other one. So they definitely have some people. Oh, Daria uh, Right. Then they you do have um, uh, you know Nikki Glenn Cross and Heidi Lovelace and Kimberly already down at NXT. So. There are people that could move up. The problem is, is that no matter what, won't, will they just be mid-card women's fodder on uh, the main roster because they only seem to care about, unless Mickey James is like not working anymore and she's only doing like she has the Brock Lesnar schedule, where has she been um, prior to this week? Um, Emma is literally begging every week for to do something. We're not going to bring her up or that theme. Not at all. Well, you just did, so you're welcome. But the idea is there are, are th- women that could have a better, a bigger role on the main roster. They do not. And now we're going to flood the market with more women from NXT to do what with. Um, and then you have a boatload of women from the Mae Young Classic that 
could be signed or not be signed. Uh, and they do have working relationships with other women that have could be signed or not be signed. So um, they're in a, they have a good problem to have. There's a lot of great talent out there, but it doesn't matter if they're not used properly. CJ, ain't to add to that? Um, I mean, like I said, I'm in the same boat. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they push this whole angle of where the belt, if the belt goes to the May Young Classic and stuff. I always took Asuka with this injury, whether it's like an actual, like legit thing or not. I put it in the category of how Finn was injured and he just took that time to like really rest himself because he never really got the opportunity to rest. So maybe this is Asuka kind of like taking the opportunity to take a break for a little bit and rest and stuff before she comes back and stuff. That's how I kind of took it. So, I mean, I don't really have much to add other than, I mean, y'all guys basically said it all. So it ain't really nothing to add to it and stuff i think it keeps her strong that she did it this way i've been saying it for a while the best way of her actually losing this championship is to vacate it and um this was handled correctly the belt as far as i'm concerned the belt should maybe be i I think nxt should do a number one contenders for that belt take that person versus the person for the million class and make that be uh, um a match at a takeover i think that's how you solidify it um, considering that some of the people in the May Young class are already signed in NXT, they had no reason to win it. Um, but it also makes them still keeps their eye towards the championship, considering that um, you know, they was in the cha- they was in the tournament to win. Um, just you know, keeps the focus that everybody needs to be chasing the belt. Uh, but nonetheless, though, I mean um Well, they got a lot of time to kill before takeover Houston. Uh and that's and for a weekend in oh, November. Yeah, November. That's when this should happen. Because if the if the finals air in October, then uh, apparently that be the finals, at least according to the wiki, is going to air on September twelfth. Oh, uh, well, which I thought I heard October originally, but the wiki says September twelfth, uh, which is you know two weeks from now. Houston'll still be underwater by then. So <laughs> no, 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 no. They they will. But um, thanks. Caitlin, but um, <laughs> they uh, Survivor Series is in November, which will be in the Houston area. So that's the next takeover. What do you do with all of these women until then? Uh, and they still need to put you know do something with the belt until then. Oh, uh, they're um, gonna have Regal's gonna have to come out and say he's gonna make an announcement about the belt. Um, all the tournaments. Yeah, this gonna be endless tournament. Eighty-seven women tournament. But I really, legitimately think that they did. This is the this is a good case to do a shakeup, so that the state of NXT is at hand, and they can play that off for a while, saying that because the number one contender Ember Moon is no longer here, we need to establish power rankers or whatever it may be to come up with a chain of who deserves to be um, in contention for it. Uh, yeah. that, what else? But but anyway, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, NXT is still going to be a exciting move forward. I do not like uh, yesterday's episode, how that was handled with uh, Bobby Roode. So I hopefully um, moving forward when people get called up that uh, pre-tapings don't make um, episodes look so trash as if it was. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Roger Strong made an announcement that I, he made an announcement in retrospect that he shouldn't have made, and it threw me completely off. And I, I think some of the crowd was whispering to each other or something, but whatever. He's Kurt Angle's son? He said something like, since 
in the beginning of the show, he said, since I beat Bobby Roode, um, I'm going to I'm going to t- uh, take the chance to fight Drew McIntyre. But he didn't beat Bobby Roode until later on that night. Something like that. But any, anywho, yeah. um, moving on for my, my last topic, and um, before we uh, get to the get ready to close for the show, um, the PWI, Pro Wrestling Illustrator, Top 500 has been announced. Um, I have the list of 50 in front of me right now, but just um, focusing on the top 10 uh, with Kushida being one, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, um, I'm, I'm sorry, Okada being number one, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, uh, Kenny Omega, Nakamura, Dean Ambrose, Samoa Joe at eight, Bob Roode at nine, The Miz at 10. And the easy and simple question to this is that do we agree? If you what don't is agree, the criteria? yeah, well, you know, um. Yeah, I, agree with the list. I, I agree with the list other than Dean is too goddamn high. Way too high. Yep. I, I can't. <laughs> the list itself is fine. It's just take Dean off and put somebody else there, and, you, and you're actually pretty good. It lines up and stuff. I mean, like I said, again, with Reigns, love it or hate him, there's a reason why he's on that list. I mean, yeah. you can you whether you, you can debate whether he should be higher than Omega or not. That's That's very debatable between him and Omega and stuff. But like I said, I'm looking at Ambrose like, what the fuck are you doing on this list, dude? Like, why are you in top 10? I don't get it. That, that's what my thing is. It's like, come on. Like, why is he Why is he here? It's like, and I don't even hate Ambrose. It's just like, who put him at number eight? It's, I'm sorry. The reason why I hate list, just, I just hate lists in general, because of stuff like this. And I'm looking at the top 50, and you're telling me that Dean Ambrose at seven is better than Joe, Bobby Roode, the Miz, Adrian Neville, Adam Cole, uh, Shibata, Jericho, Jericho, really? Uh, Will Ospreay, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, uh, Tanahashi, Pete Dunne, uh, Matt Hardy, Ricochet. You're telling me that he's better than all of those guys by a lot? No. You're telling forget- me that Baron Corbin at 49 is better than Tyler Bate at 50? You're telling me that Baron <laughs> How the Corbin fuck is Baron Corbin on the Yo, list? How's Baron Corbin, how's Baron Corbin not at least top 20? I would have put Baron Corbin at 20 at least. 20? Hold on, hold on, hold on. But I'm trying to figure out how Cody Rose is at 33. <laughs> and you got people like Eddie Edwards, Johnny Mundo, Bobby Lashney, and then all the way to the man of interest right now, Dean Ambrose, better than Cody Rose, who held the Global Force Championship, who held our race championship. Matter of fact, he held all of the Global Force Championships. Um... Who had a better year than Cody Rose this year? I, I, I'm going to I'm just going to I'm going to point out the hilarity that is Nick Jackson, Sami Zayn, Matt Jackson. So Nick is better than Matt by two spots. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did that happen? I hope that they. I hope that Nick is ribbing Matt about that because that is fantastic. It's like and it's like this is the first time I can legit look at a list. It's like I can. This is the first time I can legit look at a list and be like, "Man, all this is is almost perfect." But why Ambrose? Now, now you can hate eleven, but Alberto Del Rio is also very low too. Um, I don't see how he's better than the EC three. Well, no, I mean, how he's not very low. He's in the top fifty in the world out of five hundred. Better. TJ Perkins had a better year than Alberto Del Rio. But no, this is. I think we're missing the uh, the the bigger issue. 
out of the 500 best wrestlers in the world, whether it's Jimmy Havoc or Keith Lee, uh, Walter, Will Ospreay, out of the best 500 in the world, um, uh, you know, son of uh, La Parca, uh, Dos, uh, um, shit, what's his name? Dr. Wagner Jr., a fucking Liger. Liger at, at 87 years old is better than Dean Ambrose today. <laughs> <laughs> How the hell are Rollins? No, that should have been Rollins instead of Ambrose, honestly. It, it really should have. Yeah. But, I mean, out of all the 500 best in the world, you want to tell me that Baron Corbin is better than uh, Marty Skrull? Nah, sorry. I mean, I like Baron Corbin, but, yeah, I see your point. So, so that that's that's the problem. I mean, the, the, the problem is is creating a list. And, and with any list, there's going to be some controversy. You can't. Uh, you can't win them all and all that good stuff. And I don't have a problem with that. But I, I just refuse to believe that, like, although they have um, Hideo Itami at 156, but, like, Aiden English is 188. And, but, but they said that Aiden English is worse than Bo Dallas. Like, stuff like that. You know, it's the list. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? That is the most have, spiteful thing ever to put on a list. It's like, really? And all, all right. of them are, are better than Tyler Breeze and Fandango, which are right next to each other, 193 and 195. No, no, no. Huh? Seriously. Seriously. Don't look at the list for a second. All of us just pick one person. And, Jamal, since you're looking at the list, you tell we'll, – we'll just predict who we think had um, a higher number out of three random people that we picked. Since you since you coming up all with right. all these funny <laughs> these funny spottings, so if that didn't make sense, uh, me, Kaylee, and CJ, we'll pick just a random just person. Give me a name and I'll look them up and see where they are. Um, Biggie. Yeah. Oh wait, wait, wait. That's a that's a good one. If he's not in, if he's not in the top. Okay. He should be um, in the top twenty, if I'm not mistaken. No, 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 well, no, 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 no. God damn! Wow. Um, okay. Give me another name. Please, uh, please tell me you um, were Dalton Castle ranked. I'm very curious about this. Okay. He better have fucking ranked. Mm. I just saw him. Oh, okay. my. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I look at the list, and I have a strange feeling. I have not seen this person on the name, on the list at all. Where is Donovan Dijak in this? God, uh, how the fuck is Naito not at number eight? Why the fuck is it Naito in top 10? I mean, god damn it. <laughs> I just thought about that. I was like, hold up. Naito just won the G1. How is he not? <sighs> oh, I didn't. I just I just thought about that. Um, I don't <laughs> see. I see Cheeseburger, but I don't see. No, where's Cheeseburger at? Hold on. <laughs> if if one of these three people we, we said is not on this list, but you see Cheeseburger. Cheeseburger is at 456. Oh, Cheeseburger. Okay. All right. Um, I don't see Dijak, but I am really like trying to look over this thing really quickly. And they might not have Mojo Riley's at 111. Fuck this list. Um, okay. control, we're, control, we're done with this. We're done with this you, list. You can't, you can't control F and just see if it pops up? That, that list uh, must be I way did, too high. I did, and I didn't see it, so that's why I'm going through it manually. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, where is uh, Kofi? Um, I don't see... Um, Dijak. But Big E came in at 59, uh, Dalton Castle at 96. Yes, huh. top 100. <laughs> I guess I'll take 59, I guess. Right. Huh. Um, I mean, they have uh, other, other people also, you know, like Colin Cassidy is at 94, though, so. 
What's Enzo? Anywho, Jamal, we're running way over our time, so we go are. for it. When they said that, you know, huh? That is just I, got I depressing. This. I mean, really, you're gonna you're gonna tell me that Heath Slater is better than Noam Dar? Got, got everything. 2017? Oh. I got no comments. That's what we're going with. Okay. But I mean, like, okay, so 102, Alistair Black. 103, Jason Jordan. 104, Chad Gable. And then for whatever reason, they skipped to 107, it's Heath Slater. Then Noam Dar. Rhino and Enzo Amore at 110. So Enzo Amore is at 110. And he's better than he's better than Bubba Ray Dudley. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, if you count promos, Enzo Amore is better than Joy <laughs> And Jeff Cobb, Joey Ryan, ACH, and Jimmy Havoc. Shit. You're right. So that's why I don't do lists. Uh, so can we move oh on to God. Jimmy Havoc? Because I'm, I have a nosebleed now because of this damn list. Get a brain injury. Go for it. So, uh, uh, so Chris, uh, do we care? Basically, is um, I'm just going to read the topic and just give you a vague description of it. And if we, if you can agree that you guys care, majority rules, then I'll read on. Um, the first thing is um, the PWI 500 list is trash. Now, the first thing is is um, an interview with Chris Jericho from Sports Illustrated. He talks about his thoughts on Roman Reigns. Do we care? No. Okay. Um, the next thing is... There was um, a new WWE uh, UK television show is scheduled to air. Do we care when? Nah, I think only people. Nope. Mm -mm. No, I'm not ready to do it. All right now. <laughs> um, there's a rumor, so take it worth a grain of salt on when the Undertaker is supposed to return. Do we care? <laughs> Hell no. Oh, no, not at all. At this rate, there'll be no mercy. The way how that do things, they just rush it right away. Well, he has 29 holes for 29 souls, so. Chris Um Steve Austin uh, actually called up Ric Flair in the hospital. Do we care what they talked about? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, Steve Austin was on uh, X-Pac 12360 podcast. And he said that he had a pleasant phone call conversation with with, uh, with Rick Flair. He said that uh, Austin said, and I quote, "All I can say is I had, I had a great conversation for about five minutes, and we were both laughing." So apparently, um, Flair is still in the hospital, recovered from his August 14th surgery to fix multiple organ problems. What could possibly go wrong there? Um, the and the last thing is Hulk Hogan. He asked a question on his Q&A that he did on his YouTube channel. Uh, do we care uh, about that? I don't want to lend any more relevancy to Hulk Hogan in 2017, so no, I do not care. Agreed. Okay. I mean, I mean, so I'm that was do we care. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got to vote, dude? So we, we don't care. I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, anywho, um... Chris, go ahead and uh, make sure you plug your all your social medias and stuff so everybody can know where to follow you guys. Uh, you can find us on um, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, at uh, the number three Black Geeks. Um, put out shows weekly. We just put out our uh, Russell Corner show on um, 
the G1 and uh, Brooklyn 3 and SummerSlam. Our upcoming one, if it goes right, we're going to be talking about uh, the oral history of ECW. Um, that should be fun because uh, we did a three-hour episode on WCW. So, yeah. Um, so we got that, and um, we just did an episode on our regular Three Black Geeks show on Silla Moon. Yes, that happened. Um, but yeah, you can find us on there. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, any podcast app that you use. You can find us there. Um, you can also go to our YouTube page and listen to our show there and also look at our videos from San Diego Comic-Con and also our videos from uh, Otakon. No, that's about it. All right. All right. Sounds good. Um, Caitlin? All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Twitter. My handle is Crusader. It's C-R-I-S-E-Y-D-E. Um, on Instagram at my love subliminal, all one word. If you want to see pictures of my face and cats, but there's a lot of wrestling coming up this month. I got NXT, NXT's in Toronto uh, next week, so there'll be pictures probably from NXT of my uh, throwing my bra at Alistair Black. Hope oh, the night goes well. And uh, <laughs> we got a we got we got a couple of Smash wrestling shows coming up the next few weeks. Uh, Ring Talk, which is going to be a wrestling roundtable thing that's going to be happening here in Toronto. So yeah, uh, follow me on social, and uh, I will keep you all updated with live tweets and funny bullshit from <laughs> the world. And if it doesn't get any more raunchy than that, uh, Jamal, make sure you like yours. <laughs> um, you can find me on the Twitter at Giant Crab. Uh, that's Crab with a K. Um, I will not be talking about Sailor Moon or throwing my broad Alistair Black, but uh, no, drop me on if you uh, if you would like to chime in. Awesome. Anyway, none of these guys are uh, strangers to the show, so you'll be hearing a lot more from them moving forward. I mean, uh, obviously, Caitlin and Jamal are part of the team, but CJ, you know, he's 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 part of the brother of the show. So you know, CJ, at any time, you ever want to jump in, man, shoot me the text, and we'll get it cracking. But um, yeah, you know, you know where to find us at um, YouTube, Big Gold Belt, um, uh, Twitter, BGB Group, Instagram. Big Go Belt, Facebook, Big Go Belt. Um, also join our Facebook group. Um, it's the Big Go Belt Network where you can share your other um, wrestling news topics and um, shows if you uh, have your own show of anything. Just a little community or whatever for people to share their ideas and have fun. So uh, join that as well too. But anyway, for a long show because yeah, we had to catch up. Um, we got a little bit behind. You wanted week. to talk boxing for half an hour and, and just... And I got my point across, and I got my point across for Oscar, and I was right. So you guys suck it, and um, that's it. And we'll catch you guys next week, eight o'clock on Thursday.